Welcome to the teachings of the Renew Community. We are a family of Jesus followers seeking to be formed into the image of Christ and to join God in the renewal of all things. We meet together weekly in large gatherings and in house churches throughout Bucks and Montgomery counties. If you'd like more information on the Renew Community, feel free to check us out at www.renewcommunity.org. Uh, so good morning, Renew. Uh, what a gift it was to celebrate 15 years last week, amen, or last time we gathered. Those of you that were here. Um, I was so grateful to be part, I'm grateful to be part of a community like Renew. What, what I found really exciting was uh, the conversations that I heard post. I don't know if you guys had a chance to hear a lot of them, but just to see people chatting. And, and one of the things that, this is not a, a bragging, it is a bragging point in some regards, but uh, I overheard uh, folks that transitioned away and felt called to a different place, and we were chatting with somebody else who was part of, who's now part of Renew, and just saying, I've never heard of a church doing something like this. And this, this guy looked at this, this lady and said, if a church, if any church is going to do it, it's a church like Renew. And I was just so, I was so pleased by it. I, I was sitting on a couch with, with Kayla Mangum on Friday, and he just said, he asked me, he's like, what did you think? And I gave him some of my thoughts. And he said, you know, it felt like that's what heaven's going to be like. And I thought to myself, amen. You know, people that we've come in contact with, people that we've grown together with, and we've seen scattered amongst the four winds, like as Revelation says, God is going to call back the saints from the four winds, and we're going to gather around the throne and worship singing holy, holy, holy. And I love that we had a chance to just get a taste of that, just for a brief moment. Um, and what a gift that was. But we are not folks that sit at the bar and talk about the good old days, the glory days of football. We are people that are constantly moving forward uh, because God is always on the move. He doesn't stop. He is continually, his heart is beating rapidly for the church, for us, for the people that aren't even part of this community yet. And so I'm glad that we got to remember who we are as we looked at the history of Renew, as JR just talked about it. And it was so encouraging to be reminded of who we've been and that core DNA of who we are. And today, we are leaning into who we sense God is inviting us to become as a community in the months to come. Uh, we normally do this thing called Vision Sunday every year, uh, usually twice a year, and, and, and I'm, I'm really excited. And vision is beginning, it's taking on whole new terms and whole new images for me. So I've been teaching snowboarding now for a few years, and it is like one of the most exciting jobs that I've had in a, in a really long time, next to pastoring, of course. Um, but I get to hang out on a mountain, and uh, I work Tuesday and Thursday nights, I work with adults. And it is fascinating to see adults anywhere from 18 or 16 all the way up to 57 learning something new. Uh, and what I've, I, I kind of, just watching people over the course of the years, like learning how people are, are moving and things like that. But what, what I've, I've come up with this little statement. Um, and it's just real simple. And this is the one thing that I think matters the most when you're teaching someone how to snowboard. Your eyes matter. If you look down, you're going to fall down. If you keep your eyes up, you're going to stay up. Because what happens is when someone's learning how to snowboard, it's this really unique thing because they want to watch what's going. But the minute you, you move your head like this, your weight flattens. I can, if I'm on my toes and I'm looking up, the minute I look down, my weight goes flat on my feet. And I am just moving in a direction which can be really scary. 
So you keep your head up, your eyes up, your eyes focused. We are talking about this at elder meeting the other night. Just, you see God, you see Christ, you just see, and you get to go to the places where you're looking at. So from like six-year-olds to 60-year-olds, I say this, where you're looking is where you're going to go. Then if you're looking down, it's just not going to go well. So what we do on Vision Sunday is we talk about where we're looking. What are the things that we're focused on? What are we moving towards? And so uh, where our eyes are focused is how we kind of talk about vision. And our vision is not something particularly new for anyone who's been at Renew. Uh, It's not something new for the church that Jesus launched, uh, but it's an invitation into into persisting in faithfulness to the good news of Jesus, the good commandment, and the good commission. And so Renew has a vision of why the church exists, uh, its purpose, and how we talk about the good life of discipleship. So I'm going to talk about a statement. It's real simple. You can memorize it. It's super simple. And then I'm going to talk about a Venn diagram because uh, we at Renew, uh, we've inherited Venn diagrams. We love them. They help us think, and they're just beautiful. So this is our vision for the church. There's a slide that's going to come up. Uh, we want to be a people that double major in formation and mission. And so actually, we, uh, we, we sort of switched it, and, and we, we think about it this way. Next slide. We look at it actually more as formation or mission. So we want to be formed so that we can then be a people who are sent. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, the real hard ones that look like this, I'd love to hear you open up your Bibles to Matthew uh, chapter, hold on, let me get back here. Uh, sorry, Mark chapter 12, uh, 28 through 31. So once you find that place, um, I I just want to read it. And so this is, I'm not trying to just throw a bunch of proof texts in scripture, but I want to say that we're not rooting this idea in us being these really clever people, but this is actually part of the story of Jesus. This is what Jesus calls us to. And so uh, the story is is also known as the great commandment, okay? And this is how it goes. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. The word of the Lord. Amen. So Jesus, in this statement, he's asked by this lawyer, he said, what is the good life? What does it mean to follow God? Like, what, like, tell me what God wants. What is he asking me to be a part of? What is the great commandment? And so Jesus, in this moment, he, he exposes the heart of God. He said, this is what God longs for. He wants his followers to be aligned, to be formed, to be aimed at and intentional about loving God with their whole self, not just their brain, not just their heart, not just their feet, not just their hands, but all of it. He's not just concerned about one area. He's not just concerned about us learning something. Like, that's all important. But the way that, that Jesus is talking about the good life, what it looks like to love God is a whole beautiful picture of life and all of life. And if, if we engage in this good life, in this journey of formation, we will then in turn shift, our, our eyes will shift towards loving others. So we love God with all of who we are. And what happens is we begin to shift how we look 
in terms of we see the world as this big old love field. How do we come out there and just start blessing people with the love of Jesus in all the different places that we are called and that we go and that we just show up in? And my friends, this is actually the story of Scripture. Uh, God doesn't just use people. He's not looking at someone and saying, okay, I'm going to use you until you die. Sorry. Like, let's go cog in the wheel. Let's get this thing started. But he actually invites them into intimate relationship with himself, and he asked them to be about the work that he is about. He invited the disciples to follow him. It wasn't a command to say, hey, come follow me. They had to make a choice. Am I going to follow Jesus or not? And they do. And so what we understand is the good work that Jesus calls us to is about something that we talked about at Renew for years, and it's about the renewal of all things. Um, And Jesus proclaimed and initiated what this looked like as he preached and talked and showed what the kingdom of heaven is near, what that looks like. And if we want to know what the kingdom of heaven looks like, we look at the life of Jesus. He healed people. He spoke good news to the poor. He set captives free. He drove out demons. He ate meals with folks. He confronted sin. He called people to repent. He forgave sins. He loved his enemies and empowered and equipped others to go and do the same thing. And so, did I get an amen? Thank you. Can we, man, anytime it helps me keep going. With my ADD, it just, it'll help me stay focused. Uh, His kingdom is bold and beautiful, my friend. It is a beautiful kingdom. It looks a heck of a lot better than the hellish landscape of the kingdom that I see of the air. His kingdom is bold and beautiful, and there are seats for anyone that bows the knee to Jesus. That is the good news and the good story of this kingdom that we are part of and is not yet fully present. And I love that Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of heaven being near. But he doesn't just proclaim it. He invites his followers to be about that same kingdom work. He wants us to be formed in his image so that we can be sent on mission with him. And he said that we actually are going to do the same things that he did. Actually, he said, we'll do greater things than Jesus did. He said, you guys think the stuff that I'm doing is great. You will do greater things. And I know that creates all kinds of questions in people's minds, but what if we just for a moment just just silenced all the conversation and said, I just want to believe that Jesus actually said, I'm going to do greater things, and that's just what is going to happen. Hopefully, we'll get into that in a bit. But what we understand is that he gives this gift. He doesn't just say, hey, go about and do the work. He says, hey, I'm going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit forms us, shapes us, helps us to hear God, uh, courage, put strength in our arms and courage in in our hearts and our hands and sends us out. So the Holy Spirit is not just a comforter. He's not just the buddy with the arm around her. He's also the person in the battle next to me, like moving ahead and advancing forward. He's the empowerer along with the comforter. And so this is another way that we define formation. If you have a pen I want to, and a slot of paper, or if you want to write on your neighbor's hand, that's fine too. But I want you to write down this definition. Uh, this is borrowing some of Robert Mulholland Jr. and also borrowing uh, a, a great theologian named uh, Jeanette uh, Fiafia. And this is what it says. Formation is the process of being formed together in the image of Christ for the sake of others. So I, I love this definition because what it is, it's, it, we recognize a bunch of things. So spiritual formation, right, formation and mission is the lifelong task. Guess what? You're not going to arrive. This is our life's work. This is our life's joy. This is what we are going to continue to do until the day we die. And our lifelong task is we are being formed 
together, that's where Jeanette added her piece, into the image of So what that together word means is that we're not just formed as like individual Rambos. We're not 80 styles uh, action heroes running one man into an army of a thousand. We're actually formed together in community. We need one another to understand how robust and beautiful the image of Christ is. And guess what? We are formed into the image of Jesus. And because we're being formed into the image of Jesus, he is sending us out into the world for the sake of others. So if anyone ever asks me, like, what, what's spiritual formation? Like, tell me about your church. It's like, you know, tell me about how you guys look at formation. This is how we look at it, okay? I, I love this. All right, we'll move on. So what I appreciate is, is really what we see is uh, Jesus's aim is that he really thinks that we can do the things that he did, and he calls us and invites us into that beautiful life. And so I think from here, we're going to move into mission. And so this, this leads so well into it. But as we understand, this is how we define mission, okay? That's how we find formation. Mission is like this, joining God in the work he's already up to in the life that you are currently living, okay? And what I appreciate about this uh, uh, is that it is this idea to recognize that it's not some life that you want to live someday. It's not some other place that you hope to get to, but it's in the life that you're at right now. If you're a baby Christian or you've been a Christian for 60 years, guess what? God has invited you into his mission to share the good news, to be present with others. And there's something about presence, just the presence of Jesus being in your life and you being in proximity to someone else, that just changes the way people respond to God. So that's this, this idea of, of mission. That's the, the working definition um, that we're, we play with, that I think about all the time. And this work involves, again, doing the things that Jesus did telling people the good news of Christ. He not only saves us from our sin, but he gives us into, he gives us abundant life. He changes us. He transforms us. His work is never done. He is constantly refining us and changing us and covering us and empowering us. And so renew, know this, formation is vital for mission. If you want to join in the work that God is already up to, what we need to do is we need to surrender and learn how to listen to what he's doing. And the way that we do that is in those spiritual disciplines, those formative practices. We see that happen in house church and gatherings. We see that happen around tables and coffee houses and different places like that. So formation and mission, formation for mission. And I think the last thing is I also want to flip. So we double major in formation and mission. Uh, and the way we do that is we recognize that we are formed to be sent. But then I, I was thinking about this, and I think the other thing is we also have to look at mission as formation. Because the disciples were formed as they sent. Jesus taught them and did all this really cool stuff with them, and then he sent them out, and they came back, and they had stories. Stories shaped people. They got excited. There was such a deep new work in their life because they joined in with what Jesus was already up to. They, they believed that he said, what he said, and they went out, and they did likewise. So for, for the mission is also part of our formation. You following me? Okay, thank you. <laughs> so when we join Jesus on mission, it's going to form our hearts. And again, it, it's so fascinating because uh, teaching snowboarding, I'll, I'll probably talk about this for the rest of my life because I've learned so much about formation as I watch this. And it's a physical formation for sure. Uh, but one of the things that, that I love is when the, the person comes in like, yeah, I've been watching a ton of YouTube videos. <laughs> I'm like, 
And my sarcasm and evil heart is like, that's not going to help you. Like, I'll call the ski patrol now. They'll come and pick you up. Because it's really different. You can watch all that you want to know, and you can learn all this stuff. But until you actually put your feet on the board and stand on snow, you haven't snowboarded. And I think it's the same thing with mission as formation is that we can read all about it and be like, yes, and amen, and pray into it. But until we actually take that step with Jesus, like it's a learning process. Guess what? You're gonna fail. You're gonna fall. It's gonna be a mess. But by God, you're, you're learning something and you're saying yes to Jesus. That's awesome. And the cool part is, is you don't even need a mountain to do this. You don't have to spend a ton of money in snowboard equipment and winter pants or whatever. You just show up wherever you are, in the grocery line, in the coffee house. Doesn't matter. Wherever you are, you are on mission with Jesus. Okay. I think that's it for the snowboarding stuff. Uh, But the idea is that we are going to fall more in love with Jesus as we join him in the mission that he has called us to. And that this life that he wants to live through us is a beautiful, bold life. Okay. Now, so that's our, that's our, that's our kind of our, the, the, the guiding principle. We have this double major focus. Now we get to move into the Venn diagram. And all the people said, there we go. Okay. Uh, So if that's how we see uh, this happen in the church, this is what we want to see as our church is is sort of that we're embracing. This is kind of the the picture of how we see discipleship, how we would define the good life. And very simply, there's a lot of words in there, but I want to look at the ones on the outside. So we say the good life is about in, up, and out. And so what happens is if your church is just about in, you're a dying community, okay? Um, this is, uh, we, we visited a few of those churches in England uh, this past year. Beautiful saints, but it was just an aging congregation. Uh, we were the, when you're the youngest person by 40 years and you're in your mid-40s, you're like, dang. Um, but I love the fact that in that community, there is just this faithful remnant that is continuing. So I don't want to like, I don't, I'm not picking on that, but that's what an, in, an inward focused community looks like. If you look at an upward focused community, uh, it's just this unhealthy spiritualism. Uh, the, the, the term so heavenly minded, there no earthly good comes to mind, right? Um, if you look at the outs, just an out, they're essentially just these, these really exciting, like, you know, let's do some good works for good people kind of a deal. And so it just becomes a social club, essentially. And, and you don't want to have just two of them. If the in and the out are together, it's just social activism. Friends, we need to be about the work of justice because Jesus is about the work of justice, okay? But if we're just about those two things, then it's just social activism. And I, I, I have like a long list of my friends that have abandoned the faith to run to social activism, and now they're abandoning that faith too. Because we need Jesus in the midst of all of that thing. So if you look at just the in and the up, you see this like this, this, this just closed community. Like we got all that we need right here. It's good. You know, we have just enough chairs for everyone that sits down. None of them are brown. We're all good. We're just happy to be here. Um, and, and, and man, that's not, a, that's not a picture of the good life either. And then if you look at the up and the out, it's just a lot of events, okay? You know, like, yeah, we've heard from God, so now we're going to set up this, this event. And no, like, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but, but it can become just this event-focused Christianity. But where we want to be as a community is in the middle, that, that beautiful guitar pick where we see the in, the out, and the up running on all cylinders in both individual lives and life as a church. And so I think in order to thrive at that, we're going to jump in and look at each one of these in just a very 
particular way. So first, let's, let's take a look at the end. And if you have your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter 42. Sorry, Acts 2, verses 42 through 47. And let me read this to us. If you have a pen and you're one of those that's inclined to write in your Bible, I encourage you to underline this. Uh, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, and to the breaking bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love this picture of of what healthy in looks like. A a, a family, a community that is devoted to one another. Um, But I think this is one of those spaces where, where what we see is, is this, this community that's gathered and they're praying for one another. They're not just hanging out like, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee or get a beer. There's intentionality to their spiritual formation. There are disciplines and practices that the church adopted that, they were, that was present in their everyday life, not just on Sundays or Saturdays or whichever day that they were going, but this was everyday life. They prayed together. What if we didn't have church? Let's, just, let's, let's think for a second. What if we actually started to think about like, oh, I didn't actually go to church unless somebody prayed for me. Or I didn't go to church unless I prayed for someone. Like that's, that's the way that they look at this idea of prayer, that it's such, so central to the heart of the Father that prayer is such an important part of this community. Everyone seems to be filled with this, this awe and wonder because they're also reading Scripture together. They're hearing the story of God said throughout the history of, the, of Scripture, and they're responding. Um, they're they're kind of pulling the like, well, Elijah did that, so why can't I? I'm thinking about calling down the bears. I should try that. Like, I love how there is this beautiful picture of the, of the, the early church community praying and reading scripture, and they're eating meals together. They're sharing their possessions. They're giving. They're selling property. They're giving to those who add need. And what we see is this beautiful, beautiful community. This community that, that I think because their focus was so fixated on Jesus and formation into his image, that the numbers were just added daily. People saw a different version of what the good life looked like, and it challenged their minds, and they couldn't do anything but to run into this beautiful community. This is also a community that sees repentance as good news. This community where we see the importance of loving one another deeply and also pointing one another to the presence of Jesus. Uh, This is where we take out planks and specks in our eyes in submission to Jesus and one another. And then we celebrate the freedom that Jesus has given us in that moment. And my friends, the good in community looks a lot like uh, a vulnerable community that has hearts vulnerable to one another and vulnerable to God. Now, I think it it can become unhealthy when I'm just vulnerable to God and not others, or when I'm just vulnerable to others and not God. But both of those things have to hold the tension. And this is the gift of what it is to be known. And what we recognize about community is this, folks. It is messy and necessary. Uh, anyone who has been uh, part of a church community has, has war stories, uh, and they, they are definitely present. Uh, but what we have to recognize is that it is also the means in which God's redemptive work is moving and acting in our world. And so when I make mistakes, 
I'm grateful to have people that have pointed that out. And I'm grateful that you all are big enough and love me enough to allow me to say I'm sorry and to forgive. I mean, just imagine that. I'm, I'm hearing stories right now in our community and in the communities around us just about the spiritual warfare that's taking place over our marriage in this season. And like, what if, a, what if this community was so focused on Jesus that we were just holding our marriages like, you know, uh, like the four paralyzed friends or the, the friends of the guy who's paralyzed dropped down into Jesus' presence? But I think this idea of community is something to realize that it is messy and it's necessary, and it is messy. Because the formation practices that happen are so important. Uh, I, I was, uh, yeah, anyways, moving on. So, Renew, two things come to mind uh, as I think about how I sense the Lord inviting us to be formed in the months to come. Uh, and this, these might sound hard, but here we go. Uh, make gathering and house church a priority. Uh, one of the things that we've noticed about COVID is like, well, it's raining out at I was texting Ben this, today, this morning. I was like, it's raining. And I was going to text, I'm not coming to church. But I did. Um, I'm here. And, and this is going to sound crazy and like I'm becoming a fundamentalist. But bring your Bibles to church. Can't believe I didn't get any amens. Okay, anyways. Um, but I think there's something, there's something about that. JR and I were having a conversation just the other day about how the physical paper, just hearing those noises, all of those things, it just changes the way that we interact with the church. We're not handing out gold stars, I promise you. I'm not going to check. We're not going to have Bible checkers in the back. But I think there's something about coming. It's almost like uh, preparation, like you come ready to receive from God. And we're, we're, ju- we're going to be jumping into teaching through the Sermon on the Mount. And it's going to take us some time. because We want to listen to what Jesus' words have to say to us. We've been kind of practicing a bit in house church. I know we've heard it a few times, but I know Ben and I and some others are pretty pumped to teach that. So you're going to need your Bibles because you got to make sure we're reading the right ones or else we might start reading wrong stuff. Um, but those are the two things that I think are really important for us. And so I know that that seems kind of hard, but this is what, I, this is what I've learned. Um, folks that make gathering and house church priority, and, and what I mean is not that they're there every week, but that they're present. So what I appreciate is a few weeks ago in a house church, uh, the Mangums had a sick kid, and we got a text message the day before. Hey, we're not going to make it. We got a kid that's sick. Guess what? That's being present. And then that way, our house church, we paused and prayed. Hey, let's pray for the man. They got a sick kid. So that's what I'm saying. Make sure you're hearing that, but make it a priority because I don't think, I think uh, it, it's almost like when you watch the Wild Kingdom show and uh, you see the, the wolves come and they're trying to attack a baby elk, right? They try to separate it and then they try to take it down together. But like, I think when, when, when the community stays together and continues to pursue Jesus together, it's like we're, we're essentially keeping the wolves at bay. Uh, and I think that's really important. So there are those two things. Bring your churches next gathering and to house church and make house church gathering priority. Okay, um, we're going to look it up. And so this is about us as a worshiping community that is fostering deep intimacy with God in all aspects. And so there's this passage that, that's been running through my head, um, and, and a buddy of mine, this is his life verse, and I love this. Turn your Bibles to Acts 4.13, um, and, and I would say write this down. If you're a writer, this is great. Uh, and notice I didn't put the words up there, because I want you to look. Sorry. Practicing already. Um, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John 
They perceived that they were uneducated common men. They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Like, ah, th- this, this passage gets me fired up. Uneducated, silly, you know, add all those other things, men. But they recognized that they had been with Jesus. What if people didn't recognize all the stuff, but just that these people seem different, and I wonder if it's because that they have been with Jesus. That is our, like, my, my hope is that every single Sunday we gather here or we gather in house church, we have an encounter with the living God. That, like, it's not, it's, it's normal to see people with tears in their eyes losing it and getting low before God in a gathering. And it might even happen during the, well, I mean, I, if I wasn't a Christian, I would have became a Christian during the offering today. But just that we have this expectation that we're here to receive from Jesus. Because he loves us. Why would he not want to show up and mess with our hearts and comfort us and heal us and be with us in this space, in our house churches, in our gathering? So I want to stir up this expectation that when we come, we just sense that, man, we're here in the presence of Christ and we believe that he can do a new work in and among us. All right. This is one thing that I think we need to be about. And Ben said this beautifully a few weeks ago to meeting. He said, we need to move from being passive to intentional, passionately, persistently, consistently in pursuit of the presence of Jesus. I can't think of a better way to talk about formation than being being intentionally, passionately, persistently, consistently in pursuit of the presence of Jesus. Anyone ever had one of those experiences where just the veil seems really thin and Jesus is here. So uh, Thursday morning, I had the most profound interaction with Jesus in my entire life. And, I, and, and I'm not using hyperbole. I was worshiping as I ran on the treadmill and I had this feeling, and I, I'm telling you, church, I've never felt, I felt like I was in love. And I felt that, you know, towards my wife and, 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 and that, but I felt like I was in love with Jesus for the first time in my life. I'm on the treadmill running at Crux, and there's like this big beefy guy next to me. Well, maybe that was me. That could have been the mirror. I'm not sure. But there was a guy next to me, and I'm just like, I'm just crying, and he's looking at me like something is wrong with this. And I just like, my heart just felt like it wanted to explode because I was in love. And it makes sense because Jesus says that he loves me. And it's like, I kid you not, it was such a profound experience. I hopped, I, right after I was done, I had a call with my spiritual director, Owen, and I was like, Owen's like, how are you showing up today? I was like, I'm in love, Owen. He's like, well, we're done. And then we just, we just talked for five, you know, for an hour just about what that felt like. But my friends, like, I believe that Jesus loves each and every one of us. And that's the experience that we get to live out of in our daily life. So it was profound. And I'm so grateful for that, but I'm also not satisfied with that too. There's more because he's good and he loves us and he reigns above it all. Uh, And so I'm just grateful. I don't know if you all have noticed this, but we are blessed with some super gifted worship leaders. And as a community over the last year, I've watched Renew just soar in the spaces of getting low before Jesus in our worship 
And I want to thank you all, Dan and Johnny and Jenny and Kent and Clyde uh, and Tyler and Rick when they are running sound and Kylie and who am I missing? Beth, Sarah. But you all have just shaped our worship. And you want to know what it is? Yes, it's gotten cooler in terms of the music stuff, but my eyes are just fixed on Jesus because that's where you're leading. So church, when we, when we show up, we should be expected. We should expect to meet Jesus. And what I, my prayer is that that actually pours out into Monday through Friday on your treadmill or in uh, the OR or wherever you are, you just notice Jesus' presence showing up and that feeling of deep, deep penetrating love blows your mind. All right, so I believe Jesus really wants to encounter us and fill us afresh and anew uh, every time that we gather because he is the living God. He's not dead. And Renew, we need to pursue Jesus both as individuals and at our home when we gather and we're, when we're in our house. All right, moving on. So can we give God more of ourselves in this way? Can we, can we give God more of ourselves? Can we sing a bit louder? Can we press into scripture with, with a little more passion? I'm not talking like 100%, but like 5%. Uh, can we pursue his presence as a worshiping community? Can we be people that are pursuing revival and renewal for ourselves that it pours out into the world, that, that the whole world is revived and renewed because of the presence? So we're going to move into out. Okay, a uh, couple weeks. We had a really good uh, uh, staff meeting a few weeks ago. And what was awesome is myself, Johnny, Denise, Aaron, Ben, and Oliver, we were talking uh, about this year and what we sensed the Lord would be inviting us to be obedient to him in. And what boiled down was this one thing, and it was across the board. It was mission. It was outward focus. Uh, and and ben, Ben's been saying crazy stuff, like, it's been awesome. Uh, and Ben said this, he said, and it got us all excited, and it's kind of scary to say this, but what if the goal of our church this year was to see three brand new Christians get baptized on June 30th, 2024? I, I, I love Ben's faith in that, and I'm aligning my heart to that too. That's my prayer, that on June 2024, there are three people that, are new to this community, and we have watched their lives unfold, open up the glory and the goodness of Jesus. So will you join us in praying for that goal? Just give me a yes or no verbally. I need to hear it. Okay. Um, so I want you guys to open up your Bibles to Matthew 28 for a minute. And so what I appreciate, uh, and a lot of you have heard this passage before, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, um, but let me read it. If it's not underlined in your Bible, underline it. Uh, if you're that kind of person. Some people don't like underlining their Bible. That's okay too. Okay? I get it. Um, when Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey all that, everything I've commanded you, and surely I will be with you always, even to the very end of the age. A lot of times we can tend to, to be in this place of like, I wonder what God's will is for my life. What I appreciate is before Jesus leaves, he gives his, he just makes it super clear. Hey, this is my will. This is what I long for you to be about. Make disciples, baptize folk, uh, and teach them to obey what I've taught you. Like, so if anyone's ever in a crisis, man, what am I supposed to do? Like, oh, just point them there. <laughs> Let's try this. Like, this sounds pretty good. He's, but I love how this is called the great commandment. 
And this is a place where, folks, I think COVID kind of beat this down in a lot of us because we're just like, man, we don't want to push people away. We've pushed already, you know, people have already been pushed away in all these different places. And so I don't want to be offensive. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm nervous for my friends. What I know is this, Jesus calls us to this, but you see the promise at the end of it. I'm with you always. We don't go into battle, like those who are experiencing loneliness, it is a real thing. But as believers, when we're experiencing loneliness, we always got to put a shoulder around someone and also remind that we are never alone. That is not our reality. We're not alone. Jesus is present with us. And he's given the beautiful community of saints to be with us too. So what I appreciate about this passage is it just makes it super clear and super simple. And we try to complicate stuff. You know, well, how am I going to disciple? I, you know, I didn't go to seminary. Um, you know, I, you know, haven't even read through the whole Bible. I'm, you know, I, I don't really know exactly what to say. I think we are so good at making up these excuses. Like I look at the disciples and I mean this in all respect, they're idiots. Um, in some of the most beautiful ways, like they, 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 they're missing at, I mean, it's just the adventure of missing the point over and over and over and over again. But the grace of Christ keeps continuing to pursue and come and we see them do these amazing things. And so I think this idea of mission needs to be so present into our hearts, into our mind, and it just needs to be something that we want to focus on in this year to come. And so again, mission should be the outflow of all of us who are lovers of Jesus. It should be this natural flow. If we love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, that our neighbor should be the, next, the very next thing. And if we love our neighbor, then the heart, mind, soul, strength, it sort of comes together. And so I think what it's going to look like is we're going to have to be willing to take some deep risks. We're going to have to serve. We're going to have to care about the spaces on the margin. And what I love is like, I'm not just talking evangelism here. That is huge and important, and we need to do that. But I'm also talking about justice work. Where are the places of pain? That's where Jesus is present. How do we jump into those spaces? Uh, it's really cool. Like one of our guys, Gary, he's been working with uh, this really unique organization, and they actually have an opportunity to talk with Steve Magalari uh, next week or two weeks from now uh, about education and fairness and equality. Like my friends, are, like someone in our church is involved in justice work of actually seeing equality in education. Woohoo! Like that's awesome. And like we also have people like Kenton and Cindy who are just sharing the gospel on a constant basis. What I love is like those two things are not separate. They're like beautifully bound together. And that's what the vision of the kingdom looks like. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so how do we engage in mission as a community? Yeah, there's justice and there's that. But I, I really feel like, and we've been talking about this a lot, um, in terms of like, what are the open doors for, uh, for evangelism, for justice, for mission right now? And it's really simple. Write this down, hospitality. You want to engage with Jesus? Be hospitable with people. <laughs> hospitable with people. Listen. Tell them about Jesus, invite them to renew, whatever that's going to look like. But this is what's beautiful is people are lonely. People need to be reminded that there is goodness in the world and hospitality is one of the most beautiful ways to be about mission right now. And so my friends, we are going to spend a lot of time and resource and thought and presence in this idea of developing the out part of who we are as a community this year. And I like, this is not just for the adults, teenagers, you too. Like we want to invite you to share the good news of Jesus with your friends 
and your co the people that you're in school with, your coworkers at Mary Mead, wherever you work at Chick-fil-A, but just to be people that actually realize that Jesus is so good that I want everybody I know to be part of life in God. So as you're scooping ice cream, Savannah, Jesus is there right with you, scooping ice cream. Remember that. It'll actually taste better for everyone else. Um, but we are called, and we're going to be spending time really digging into taking some risks and figuring out where the Holy Spirit is moving and inviting us into cooperation with So Renew, we, we sense that the idea and vision for Renew is formation and mission. It's formation for mission. It's mission as formation. And we believe that being formed and sent uh, and, and being people that are recognizing that the healthiest apprentices, the healthiest disciples are focusing on in, out, and up, not just as individuals, but as a community together. Uh, we really do sense that these, this, this style of discipleship, this intentionality towards in, out, and up uh, is, the, is the space where God is calling, and we want to see our outward focus grow this year. And so this is my big ask, and I'm going to ask you all to, to take note, to write it down, take a picture of it, and to think about this over the next few weeks. Um, but very specific ways. All right, so first one. Will you eat, have coffee, a conversation, or phone call with one person who doesn't know Jesus yet weekly? Now, some of you might be thinking like, man, you don't know my, you do not know my calendar. And I don't. You're absolutely right. So uh, let, me, let me make this a little bit more uh, practical. Work is a super obvious place. So can you have a conversation with someone at work? And, and uh, another place, place, places that you frequent uh, every day. So uh, Dave Vilecki was talking about the grocery store. Uh, they, they, they hang out with the same grocery store baggers and, and people every week. And I love that. They're building into the community. They're just being present in what that is. Anybody go to the gym? That's a great place to spark up a conversation. But these are places. Will you eat, have coffee, a conversation, or phone call with one person who doesn't know Jesus yet? Notice I did not put text message. That's on purpose. No texting. Okay? Texting is not option. Um, Second, will you take out your phone, it's already out, right now and set an alarm on your phone for 10.02 a.m.? Can someone open up their Bible to Luke 10.2 for me? Somebody. Can someone read Luke 10.2 out loud? Sorry, I've got you guys doing a ton of things right now. Yeah, Luke 10, 2. Did I hear someone reading it? Go ahead. So that's all. Set your alarm for 10.02 a.m. If you're a night out p.m., I don't care. Um, but pray that prayer. Lord, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Send workers into the harvest. That's like super practical. And I love the fact that if we have this community praying this on a, on a daily basis, I can't wait to see what mess the Holy Spirit gets, gets us in in that way. It's going to be beautiful. Third, will you mark your calendar and join us for a one-day conference on mission on February 24th? I'm going to talk a little more about that in our announcements, but we are joining up with Trellis Community and, the Re and Renewed Hope Community. It's going to be from uh, 10 a.m., sorry, 9 a.m. to 12 uh, on that Saturday. So it's just a morning conference. And we're going to be hearing from 
uh, some of the other leaders and pastors from these different churches uh, and having an opportunity to engage with them and some of the folks from their community over Zoom. So it's, uh, these other two churches are the same rhythm and structure that we have, so we, it, we don't have to explain ourselves as much. Yeah, we do this like weird house church gathering thing. Um, but I would love for all of us to be part of this if we can make it, to make this an, uh, an important thing to, on our calendar. And then the fourth thing, and will you not, fourth thing is this, will you pursue Jesus passionately and grow as a worshiper, read your Bible, bring your Bible to church, and make gatherings at house church priority this year? So new, this is where we sense Jesus is inviting us into to becoming this year. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to make you say yes or no out loud uh, as, as a community, but I just want to ask, would you prayerfully uh, consider saying yes to these spaces? in the weeks and months to come. Uh, let me pray for us. I'm going to invite the worship team uh, to come up. Lord, thank you so much for this beautiful community. Uh, thank you for the gift of, um, the gift of your presence that, that is here, that uh, has invaded the world, that, ha- that actually runs the world, that, that reigns above all of the world and the universe and everything. Uh, so, Lord, we just ask that we would become a people who are passionately in love with you, that we would see our lives as, as these, these engines of formation for mission, and that we would see mission as a deep part of our formation, that we would recognize that the good life of discipleship, of apprentices to Jesus, looks a lot like having a relationship with others, a, relation, a deepening relationship with you, and a deepening calling to the world in which we live. Uh, in your name we pray. Amen. I'm jumping in here out of turn. Uh, <clears throat> but I want to, I just want to continue in a posture of prayer. <laughs> Doug got up and said he was all teary. I've been teary all morning and I don't know why. The Lord's up to something, but um, this morning, Doug texted me, it's raining, and he was about to tell me he wasn't going to come. And I, I was like, I didn't know what he was getting at, but my mind went right to um, 2021 Vision Sunday. I shared a message about Super Bloom. Um, for those of you who are around, you may remember that. Uh, last week, we were at the Ecclesia National Gathering, and the last, uh, I think it was the second to the last speaker, but we had to leave early, so it was the last speaker we heard, um, got up and showed the picture. I think it was the same picture that I showed in 2021 of this Super Bloom. And he just shared, like, this is, this is what we're praying for, that, that it would rain. Because when it rains at just the right time and it gets enough rain, then a super blue happens. And he invited us to pray. And then um, after we were finished praying, one of the other pastors got up and he said, the Lord is up to something here. Like, I've heard this in different circles, in different places, to pray for rain, like Elijah prayed for rain. Um, so that word persistent, can we be people who are persistently praying for the Lord's presence, for the Lord to do what he wants to do? Um, and these are, so when Doug texted me that this morning, that's what went to my mind. It's raining. I'm like, all right, let's go. Um, and I texted him a prayer that I had just read earlier, and I want to pray that. And then uh, earlier this morning when we were huddled up um, preparing for our gathering with everybody that's participating, Johnny. I uh, just shared like there's, there's, it seems to be something in the worship that maybe the Lord wants to just like break some hard hearts 
that outer shell that maybe has formed and maybe the Lord wants to form some cracks in that uh, and do some healing. And my mind just went to another prayer. Um, and this is all connected now that I'm thinking of. So I, I just want to pray these prayers. If you want to pray with me, if you want to get down on your knees, you can do that. If you want to stand up and extend your hands to heaven, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. Um, as I pray, I call to mind the words of evangelist and author Raven Hill. The road to revival is often paved with tears and brokenness. So, Lord, I ask for tears for the lost. Spirit of the living God, bring revival in our time. Give our generation a longing for one thing, your presence. Break hard hearts. Heal broken hearts. Unsettle our souls for anything less than your love. Break hard hearts, heal broken hearts, and unsettle our souls for anything less than your love. Holy Spirit, breathe new life into your church. Renew us. Surprise us with your power and your presence. Heal the sick. Bind up broken hearts and renew in us an all-consuming passion. For Jesus. Amen.